Katie here with a special announcement before we get going. This Friday, September 30th, 2022, we will be doing a live online meetup, Tiffany and me, and hopefully you, at 9 p.m. in Rome, 3 p.m. Eastern Coast Time in the United States, and noon Pacific Coast Time, where I am in Seattle. We're all going to be gathering together. Tiffany and I will be recording a live show with you. You'll be invited to weigh in with your thoughts, opinions, and stories as we go along. It's a great chance to say hello, get caught up in person from wherever we are in the world. We are sending out the invitation to people who are regular donors to the show, either through Patreon or through PayPal. Your monthly donations keep this show alive and we cannot wait to see your faces. So if you already are a major donor to this show, just check your inbox and make sure you find your invitation. It's already been sent to you. If you are not yet a member of the show, we encourage you to join us. We'd love to get to know you and see your faces this Friday. Just visit the links in the show notes and sign up for as little as $5 a month. You can also find options on how to donate at thebittersweetlife.net. And of course, this show continues because of people who become supporting members. Again, that meetup is this Friday, September 30th, in honor of International Podcasters Day. We're going to be meeting at 9 p.m. Roman time, 3 p.m. East Coast time in the United States, and noon Seattle time. We can't wait to see you. Welcome to Rome. This is The Bittersweet Life with Katie Sewell and Tiffany Parks. Hello, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. And last week, we were asking the question, why do anything for 10 years? And this week, we're asking the question, why do anything for 18 years? Why? <laughs> this is not some sort of new disturbing trend on the show where every week I'm like, and why do anything for 25 years? Uh, but no, 18 years. Why do anything for 18 years? Because today we're celebrating the fact that Tiffany has now lived in Rome officially for 18 years. It's insane. It's insane. I can't wrap my brain around it. Which seems sort of arbitrary, with the exception that this now means, from my understanding, that you've lived in Rome longer than anywhere else in your entire life. Yes. I mean, it almost, because I lived in the Seattle area, birth to 18 years and a month-ish, maybe a little less than a month. So I'm technically not there yet. And I did come back to Seattle, the Seattle area for maybe three summers in total after I moved away. So I don't know if you can add that on or not, but let's just say in the, in the next couple of months, I will have officially surpassed it, but, but I'm more or less there. Yeah. I mean, I think it's more of how it feels. It's like, I guess, consistent living though. You've been in Rome longer than anywhere else. We can yep. safely say. Yeah. And it's, it's that, which even that is like, weird enough thing. Like I've lived in Italy longer, you know, I've lived in a foreign, I mean, now I'm Italian, but I've lived in a foreign city longer than I've lived in the city of my birth, which is just trippy. 
because I'm not someone who grew up, you know, all over the world, jumping around like, like some, you know, diplomat kids or army brats and stuff. Like I grew up in a very stable, at least to the point of like geographically stable childhood. I mean, I lived in the same house from when I was three to 18 and in the same city from birth to 18. So it's weird to think that now I have put down roots in a foreign country and stayed the length of my childhood. Yeah. Yeah. So what have you been reflecting? Like what, when it, you say that it feels weird, what is it about it? It feels weird because it doesn't feel like it could possibly be that long. 18 years is a long time. It's almost two decades. It's a lot, you know, it's the lifetime of someone going off to college. And when you go off to college, I mean, you don't feel old, but you feel like you've been around a while. Like you have a, you know, you've got some life behind you. You've lived. Yeah, that's true. And you know, you're an adult. You're officially an adult. And to think that that entire amount of time I've been here and it feels like, I'm not going to say it feels like it's gone by in a flash, but the memories that I have of that first year, they are so fresh still in my mind. Mm -hmm. And I can remember so many specific things. It feels like, you know, when you're thinking about like, oh, when did that happen? You know, when you're like thinking about something that you did with a friend or a trip you went on and you're like, oh yeah, that was two summers ago. No, that was three summers ago. And you're like, you know, trying to place it. I feel like almost like that. Like it feels a bit longer than that, but it feels like that time is very connected to this time. Mm -hmm. It's not like some distant past when I was four years old, you know, or even, you know, high school, like just totally different place, different time, different friends, different daily life. Like everything was so different. It feels like that time when I first moved to Rome, is still so connected with the time that I'm living now um, that it doesn't seem like it could possibly have been that long ago. So when you say connected, though, I mean, it feels connected to the person you are now, or do you feel like some of the things that you were starting then beyond, of course, the fact that you, you started living in Rome beyond that fact, yeah. but some of the things uh -huh. that you started then are still things that you've, you're continuing on with now. Kind of. I mean, there's, you know, I think every expat who's not like a corporate expat, I think that those of us who come here, like out of desire to live in a new place, making a living is kind of a constant struggle, you know, because you want to do something that you love and that fulfills you, but you also want to be gainfully employed and your employment options are just so much narrower than they would be in your home country. And when you live in a country like Italy, also like the salaries are so much lower. And so you have to try to find a way to have a second job, have a side hustle, make more money. And I feel like the feeling that I had that first year of living here, when I was like, how am I going to survive? Like, how am I going to eat? How am I, I mean, obviously I'm not at that level of desperation anymore, thankfully. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'm nevertheless constantly like, oh, if I could, oh, if I could get this gig, then I'd be way more comfortable if I could just get this other gig or, you know, my mind is always working in these sort of like creative ways to supplement my income and make more money. And so in that way, that's one way that I feel like it's very connected. Hmm. Like I'm always just trying to come up with the next new side career. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> I don't have enough already. <laughs> that's interesting. I wonder if we could pick out some things that would have been around then that would not be around today. 
or maybe not around as I think it's the other way around. <laughs> There's so many things around now that weren't around then. Yeah, I know. That's true. Yeah, it's true. Like as far as the advance of social media and the internet in general, actually, versus 18 Yeah, and remote ago. working. Remote mm-hmm. working. Yeah, for sure. Your ability for a side hustle has expanded greatly because you can technically do yeah. things over the sea, over the internet. Yeah, so you're saying that that the hustle is still real, <laughs> even though absolutely you're not now sharing I mean, apartments with random strangers. You're oh you've gotten God. you've stabilized. God. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously, in 18 years, you do gain a certain amount of work experience and knowledge and expertise, even if you're floating around doing five things at the same time, like I am. But you do, you know, you do naturally become more solvent just because you have more experience in your work and you have more to offer. I, there's just not that level of desperation that I had when I first moved here, when I was really like, what am I going to do? I don't know how I'm going to pay the rent next month, but it's always a hustle. I think most expats can relate. I would be surprised to meet an expat who, who only has one job. What percentage would you say, maybe this would be too hard to guess, because of course, in 18 years, you could make a lot of friends and lose track of them too. But what percentage would you say of the people that you knew when you first moved there actually still live in Rome today? Oh, like as far as expats, now, obviously, if you met yeah, locals, yeah, yeah. they're probably still there. But oh my gosh, well, my friend Jenny, <laughs> she's, it's always the ones who married Italians. Those are the ones. Mm-hmm. Jenny married an Italian. Carla is still here, although we're not friends anymore and angelo but angelo is half italian so i can't really count him um so there's some others there's no there's some others who are sort of like acquaintances i know a few people who i'm acquaintances with now or i i see them randomly now christina's still here although i don't think i knew her my first year but she was here my first year but i mean yeah not a lot not a lot so let me ask another question of all those people that you met back then that are not there anymore what percentage of them percentage is a weird way to ask it but what percentage of them would you say intended to stay for life probably zero right i don't think anybody i mean i don't really think i mean may, maybe one or two percent like maybe there, there's a couple people who were open to that but i think most people it was you know i'm out of college i didn't really have a career i want to try something new i want to go somewhere or they're on a gap year and they just didn't go back um or they're just bopping around looking for a place that feels good. And once it doesn't feel good anymore, they move on. Hmm. I think that's a lot of the, cause the crowd I was in when I first moved here, I mean, everybody was working in tourism. I mean, that's a kind of a career that a lot of us fell into because there was a niche to be filled, a very mm-hmm. lucrative niche to be filled. Not that any of us moved to Rome thinking I'm going to become a tour guide. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, so yeah. Yeah. It's great. Crazy thing is like at least three people that I knew my first few years in Rome are dead now. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Dead At how? least three, maybe, maybe four. I'm two assuming these were all young people, right? When you met them. No, two, two of them were middle-aged. One died of cancer. One who I was at the time. I mean, I saw her every day, you know, I worked with her, but she was middle-aged then. And she moved, eventually moved back home to the States and she got cancer and was sort of advanced when she discovered it. Another, something similar. I wasn't really in touch with her. I heard about it later. And then tragically, one of them who was about my age, maybe a few years older, 
was hit by a train. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Insane. Yeah. Insane. How unusual. I would pry into that more, but you may, may not know. Just- Long story short, she was living sort of out in the outskirts of the city where a train passed. Not a rural area. It was still Rome, but it was like a very unpopulated part of the city. And it was nighttime. And she was very, very devoted to her animals. She had a lot of animals, particularly dogs. She was very devoted to them. And I think it, we, no one knows for sure, but she was probably running after one of her dogs. Oh, that's awful. Yeah. So let's imagine for a moment. So next week, I'll say this, we're going to have an, an author on the show that wrote a book called, If You Could Live Anywhere. The conceit of the book, and I'll let her fill it out because it is a very interesting interview, but it's basically saying kind of what we were hinting at at the beginning is, is with the advent of technology, the internet, the way that people communicate now, particularly after COVID where everybody's like, yeah, jump on Zoom, you know, who cares? That we are living in a time when you could technically live anywhere and still probably find the job that you want or a job that you want. She's not just talking about people who want to be digital nomads or that work online, kind of like you and I do. She's also talking about people who are like a dentist and could go be a dentist somewhere else, you know, that we all kind of have this ability now to choose where it is that we want to be. Of course, it's much more rich and interesting than that. And we'll get to that next Monday. But my question to you is, let's imagine that Rome didn't work out. You -hmm. were there for a couple of years. You struggled. It didn't work out but you can live anywhere. Did you have an idea of like where where you would have gone if the idea of Rome didn't happen? I've always been very attracted to the south of France. Not the actual coast, but the small towns in like Provence that are very picturesque and very quaint. And there's a big part of me that's always wanted to live in a small medieval town little narrow winding streets, the kind of place where you know everybody in the city mm-hmm. and you see you know, the fishmonger and you say hi. I would probably hate it because everybody would know your business and be really nosy. And I'd probably hate that aspect of it. But I've always had that fantasy. And you could do that in Italy. So it could, could be somewhere else in Italy. But I love the few times I've been there. I love the south of France. I love the idea of improving my French, getting to the point where I can speak French well. I love so many places. I love the idea of, um, but would I like the actual daily life? Like, I love the idea of like a little Austrian town, but like, would I, you know, the, you know, you don't always take culture into account when you're thinking about where to go live. Like you think about, oh, I love the food or, oh, I love, um, I love the way it looks. Or I love what it's close to, like it's close to the sea or it's close to the mountains. But, you know, every culture has its own, its own idiosyncrasies that sometimes you, you're not going to mesh with. And you have to, you have to consider that too. Yeah. Okay. So that's all beautiful and good. But some of those places you wouldn't have known about as Tiffany just getting to Rome. If, had you failed in Rome, you think that you would have tried the south of France? I don't know. Because I, I don't feel know. like I, mean, I would have gone home, at least for a period of time. But we're very time. different, Katie. That's true. That's we're why different. I'm just asking. I'm curious. I am an extremely stubborn person, as you know. My stubbornness is 
I think my best quality or <laughs> one of them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I do. I think stubbornness is a huge, huge positive trait. And, uh, cause my husband always says, you're so stubborn. And I'm like, thank you. Um, <laughs> because I don't, yeah, I don't give up on things very easily. It takes a long time to make me change my mind about something. Mm-hmm. Hence why it's hence why I'm still married. No, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I was going to ask like, what's the last thing he tried to like talk you out of that you could not be talked out of? <laughs> uh, who knows? Who knows? But, um, <laughs> I, th- I think I would have tried at least one other new place. Mm-hmm. I think so. And by that point, you know, after a couple of years in a place, you start to like in Europe in general, you're starting to meet people, know people. I probably would have found someone who was living somewhere and maybe said, okay, I'm going to go there because I know someone who lives there. I had my best friend at the time. She was not my best friend. She was a close friend, very close friend from college. And at that time she was living in Berlin. Now, as much as I love Berlin and I've been there several times, I can't see myself living in Berlin, mm. but I might've gone and been like, Hey, I'm going to spend three months in Berlin. Let's see. Yeah. Well, it's my understanding that if you were going to live full time in Berlin, you would have had to renounce your American citizenship. I don't know. My friend did not. She lived there for five or six years. Well, I mean, if she, she never was going to stay forever. Maybe, but how do you know? <laughs> when does the forever switch get flipped yeah we were talking well I just know that because we were in Berlin as you know on our grand tour on our way to you this past summer and one of Derek's good friends lives in Berlin and is married to a German and we were asking if he was planning on getting his German citizenship because you know he's married to a German he's got a child with her and he said well gee I, I mean you'd think so but I don't know because you know I'd have to renounce my American citizenship and I don't know that I want to First of all, you can live in a country for your whole life without being a citizen. True. It's not like you have to become a citizen of the country you live in, even if you're married to a citizen. I have a friend who married an Italian and she chose not to get Italian citizenship because she didn't want the tax headaches. Mm -hmm. Looking back, I'm like, that was wise. Um, (laughs) And not only that, but Germany is part of the European Union. And I don't, I'm not going to, like, don't quote me on this, but I would assume that the countries of the European Union have the same laws about dual citizenship. And in Italy, you can have dual citizenship. Even if you acquire citizenship through marriage, you can keep your Italian, your American citizenship. It's usually an agreement between two countries. Mm-hmm. So it depends on both countries what their rules are. Like, for example, in Italy, if you move to Italy as a child and you don't have citizenship, but you live there for your whole childhood or let's say you're born there like let's say you're like you're born to an expat a couple of expats who are living in Italy you don't naturally get Italian citizenship at birth it's not like America mm-hmm. where just as long as you're born there you get citizenship so let's say you grow up you're the child of two Americans let's say who have legal residence in Italy but they don't have a citizenship when you turn 18 you have to choose if you want to keep your American citizenship or if you want to acquire Italian citizenship. And I always thought that that was really unfair Hmm. because if you live in Italy legally, if you're a legal resident in Italy, you can acquire Italian citizenship after 10 years of legal residence without giving up your American citizenship. So I don't understand why a child would be forced to, unless it's because, you know, you're considering that this child never lived in America, Mm -hmm. you know, so if this child has never lived there, 
then they don't get to be both, I guess. But um, I would have, tell your friend to look into it because maybe it's not the case. Like, I don't know, but I would just assume that it would be similar to Italy since they're both the same I'm, union. I'm fairly certain he's looked into it, <laughs> but All I don't right. know. I could, I could be getting it wrong, of course. Well, so do you have any regrets that you stayed for as long as you did? Oh, no, absolutely <laughs> not. I mean, the, <laughs> the only regret I have, the major regret I have is that I didn't spend enough time with my father at the end of his life. I miss my family. I'm sad that I don't get to spend more time with my family, but I wouldn't say I regret staying for that reason. This is the decision that I made. And if I hadn't made this decision, I wouldn't have the life that I have today, which I'm very happy with and very satisfied with. And I've got my, you know, my son and, you know, my husband, and I wrote a book that was directly inspired by Rome. And I honestly don't think I would be a writer if I hadn't lived in Rome. I really don't think I would have. Hmm. I'm just playing devil's advocate now. Do you think that you would still be there if you, let's say you were never, ever going to meet somebody you wanted to marry in Italy? Would you still be there? That's harder. Now we're playing hypotheticals. Um, Yeah. I might've moved somewhere else. Yeah. I might've decided not that I didn't, you know, like Rome, but just maybe I wanted to try something new and do something. And especially if I had had like, you know, the kind of freedom to live anywhere that we were talking about, I knowing myself and I like variety and I like novelty, I probably would have left, but I wouldn't have left to go back to the States. I would have left to, to go somewhere else, probably in Europe. So there's no case. I remember a few weeks ago, you were surprised. We had our friend Suzanne on a mini episode, and you were surprised to learn that Suzanne didn't think that she was like she didn't have any plans to ever live in Europe on the long term. That she uh, is fairly rooted here in Seattle at this point. I mean, I think that there's an equal part of us that thought that maybe there would be some day in some situation that Tiffany would actually live in Seattle again one day. And yeah. basically you're saying that like, <laughs> regardless of anything that would have happened, Seattle would have never happened. I don't think so because the only thing, the only thing that draws me to Seattle are my very, very few close friends and old friends. I have a couple of friends who I'm not super close with, but I was close with as a young person who I would adore to be able to see them more often. And of course you and Suzanne, my closest friends in the world, And there's a certain amount of, this is where I'm from. You know, I have a connection to this place. There's a little bit of that, but I don't think expats are that swayed by that type of connection. Clearly, Mm -hmm. Um, like that's not a big, you know, I remember when I was planning for college, when I was looking at colleges and I remember there was some like questionnaire or some like quiz. It wasn't a quiz. It was like a survey and they'd surveyed like all the kids in my school. And it was like, or my grade, you know, in senior year. And what are your number one priorities of college? And it was like, you know, price, uh, it has the major I want, you know, all these different variables about why they would pick this particular university. And one of them was it's close to home. 90% of the kids that was their first thing close to home. And that was like my lowest, my number one is far from home. (laughs) Like (laughs) I want to be as far as possible. (laughs) Um, Not that I didn't love my home. I, I love my home and I had a wonderful childhood and I had wonderful parents, 
but I just wanted to roam. I just wanted to go see new pastures. So, so yeah, so those are the only things that draw me to Seattle. I have no family there anymore. I, the weather's kind of gray and drizzly and rainy. And I love that for like a couple of days. And then I want sun again and it's expensive as you know, and it's far, so far from Europe, you know, it is very far. Yeah. I was even just texting with a cousin of mine today and he lives in Florida and I live in Seattle and I used to really like to see him and, but he's always lived on the East coast and it is, unless we find ourselves in the same city somehow, it's really hard to go see each other. And the main reason is you lose like two flying days basically, because that's how far Seattle is just from the East coast of this country. And uh, of course it's even further from Europe, but I was recently um, thinking about when you lose those connections to home too. Maybe it wouldn't really matter to you, but for instance, uh, my aunt is going to be selling her home, which is the last place that's nearby where my grandparents lived in um, Western Pennsylvania. I loved going to visit that area growing up as a kid. And with her selling this house, there's now literally no reason for us to go there except for the nostalgia of visiting the town that my grandparents were in and that my dad grew up in. And there is, for me at least, and maybe I'm just like home body sentimental, but for me at least, there is that kind of remorse that we're going to lose that one connection. And um, for you, it doesn't sound like, like, let's say Suzanne and I moved away from Seattle and never lived here again. That would be your last kind of main friend reason to come. If you guys left Seattle except for like a one-off vacation to take Claudio and Aurelio and really show them Seattle. Cause when we went to Seattle in 2017, first of all, Aurelio was too young to remember it. We were only there for 48 hours. So we barely saw anything. So I would love to take Claudio and Aurelio there, regardless of who else is there and really, really show them Seattle and maybe like the surrounding areas and like spend a week there. But that would be like a vacation. Besides that, I can't think of a reason that I would go there. Not that I don't love Seattle. I mean, it's a beautiful city. I always tell people when the weather is good, Seattle's the most beautiful city in the United States. And I really believe that. But I just, what would I even do there (laughs) if I didn't have (laughs) you guys? I don't know what I would even do. Uh, But I did have the nostalgia when my dad moved to Boise. My mom left the Seattle area. She sold the house where I grew up in 2006, I believe. So two years after I moved to Rome, that was all already hard enough. Cause I mean, that's the house I grew up in and I have just like every kid, so many deep connections to that place and so many just magical memories and so many good times at that place. My dad moved to Boise. I would guess around 2011. I remember him telling me, Tiffany, like, I know you don't want me to go, but you're not here. You're not here. And, uh, and I understand why he went because my, my oldest sister was and still is living in Boise. And it's very important for him to be near someone, you know, who can look out for him. I mean, he had his wife as well, obviously, but, um, somebody a little bit younger, Mm -hmm. but it really, that was a bit of a knife to the heart because 
that was okay. There's no family left except my uncle who I love. I really, really love my one uncle and his wife who still live in Seattle, but I'm not that close to them. And I wouldn't go to Seattle just to see them. So it was basically like, there's no one left. All right. Well, well, to wrap it up, is there any last thought you want to leave us with on the 18th celebration of your time in Rome? <laughs> I was trying to think it's not like anniversary. We'll say celebratory. It's an anniversary of my move. That's for sure. True. Okay. Okay. But celebrating, celebrating your 18 years. Why do anything for 18 years as we started this show? Is there anything else you want to leave us with thought wise? I just want to say that moving to Rome totally, totally changed my life. And I think it's in some ways the best decision I ever made. It created a cascade of other events that happened that wouldn't have happened if I hadn't moved to Rome. And I think that if anybody out there listening is feeling a really strong pull to a certain place, that they should go for it because it might change their life for the better too. All right. And we will leave it there. And until next time, <laughs> this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. Join us again. Bye. Bye. And just one last reminder that you can join us for a live meetup this Friday, September 30th, just by becoming a monthly donor at the $5 a month or more level. There are links to donate in the show notes. You can donate through Patreon or PayPal. And we can't wait to get to know you. Do it before this Friday and you'll get an invitation to join us. 